Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. Today, we are going to talk about forgiveness part two. So we talked about forgiveness part one last week. And if you didn't have a chance to listen to it, you need to go listen to it because every single person struggles with forgiveness. Um, You might not realize it yet. You might have some resentment, some bitterness of things that have happened in your past. Uh, You know that you struggle with forgiveness if you think of certain people and you get this negative feeling and emotion come over you, this like hateful, evil, mad, revengeful, resentful. Um, And we talked about in part one, which was episode 78, how a lot of that is justified. Like we have been done wrong. We have been traumatized. We have been abused. We have been neglected. We have been left out. Um, it's, I mean, no one's going to blame you. If you feel like that, we have been hurt. So it's okay to feel like that, but God wants to use you in this life. And so does the devil. So the devil uses resentments in those prior hurts and everything to keep you from fully becoming who God wants you to be. And life is about showing others God's love. It's not about us. And we're called to be peacemakers and be obedient. That's why we forgive. Um, so if you missed episode 78, go back and listen to it. You can listen to this one first. It doesn't really matter what order you listen to them in. Uh, but it was so great over the weekend. I traveled with just my husband and we went to the West side of Michigan. We live on the East side of Michigan. We went over to the West side of Michigan, about three hours away and went to John's cousin's beautiful garden wedding in an orchard. It was so beautiful. It was so perfect. And we just had such a great time. And one thing that I always pray for before I go out into the world is that God uses me to impact someone or uses someone to impact me. And I pray that God makes the perfect connections. And then I'm super intentional and I look out for things that I prayed for. So when you pray, you're intentional about something. And so I found that when I wake up in the morning and think, God, bring me someone in my life, make a perfect connection, bring me someone who I need, someone who needs me, someone who needs you, just use me in a way to be a beacon of light and truth and love here at this wedding and with the people around. If there's anyone who's discouraged, bring them to me, help me to just get the right words out and just make the perfect connections. And he did that. There was a lot of people at the wedding that I connected to. And I just thought like, this was such a great connection. I'm so glad that I ran into them. I'm so glad I got to talk to them. Um, Just like weird coincidences. And we ended up having breakfast the next morning with the bride and groom. They showed up at the same time. We had already had her name in for a table. We asked them if they wanted to come sit with us outside. They said, yes. And it was just so wonderful. I'm like, how great is God that he brought us down here at the same time we could sit here and I was able to talk about things that I've learned in our marriage ministry and they're Christians. And 
So I was able to tell them like the, the things in marriage that Christians need to know and really just pour into them. And it was just so great. But another thing that God brought to me was this man named Richard. And if you were following my stories on Instagram over the weekend, you saw me talk about Richard, but we went back to the same breakfast place the second day because it was so good. And the vibe and the energy and everything was just beautiful about this place. And we went in there and we put our name on the list and we realized that there was all these antique shops in the back of the restaurant that you could walk around. And so we went and we started walking around and most of them were closed, but there was this old man named Richard. He's 86 years old. He was sitting inside of his store that he owns, which is an old antique jewelry shop. And he was sitting there at the desk repairing some jewelry. Good morning, Jeanette. Glad you're here. Um, so he was repairing this jewelry and I was looking at stuff and I saw him sitting there and I just knew that I was meant to walk in there. I immediately just felt drawn to him. I just knew something was about to happen. And I knew that I actually sent the text to you guys in our group chat for everyone who gets on here live with me. If you ever want to get on live, you can just click the link on my bio on Instagram at Terrence Arconi. And you can just fill out the thing and you'll get the information. You can join us live and be a part of our community chat so we can talk in between calls. But I texted you guys as I was walking into this restaurant and I was like, I am so pumped up and inspired from traveling. I cannot wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. I was just like beaming. I was telling my husband, I was like, I cannot wait for this call tomorrow. Like I've also been praying that God will help me to run boldly and courageously forward towards the goals he wants for me and to completely eliminate fear and to eliminate the devil's voice and to bring my confidence just full on super strong. So I don't have any of these feelings of wanting to cancel the call or fearing, feeling fearful and getting in my head. You know, you have to pray yourself up, which we're about to do a whole series on prayer. I have three books on prayer that I'm going to begin reading. So we're going to be talking about prayer a lot. But I just felt this, this feeling walking in and I knew something big was going to happen. So then I met this man, I saw him and I was like, this is it. Like the, God brought me to this place for a reason. And uh, my grandpa was um, 79 and he passed away over this past year. And he was really like the last old man in my life. And I used to talk to him about everything. and. He was very entrepreneurial. He sold real estate. And I just, I really love talking to people that have so much wisdom. And my grandpa had white hair and this man had white hair. And so I just always look at people too that are so wise and people that are older, um, you know, a lot of people don't really want to talk to them and they're very lonely. And so when I see someone who's older, I just think of what a blessing it could be for me to talk to this person and to make them feel seen and heard and understood and just have someone to talk to. And a lot of times we're just so busy and that used to be me. I was so busy. Like I didn't have time to go in. And if this was the old me, I would have sat outside on my phone trying to catch up with work while I waited a half hour for my table because I was always trying to just hustle and be on my phone. Well, I've learned, and this man even talked about being present and being in relationships with other people because God is using you at the places you're going without you even realizing it. But if you're constantly focused on yourself, you're not going to see it. So I walked in there. I started talking to him. He said, 
I'm closing down my store. So everything in here is a lot cheaper than it's currently marked. So I'll make you an offer you can't refuse if there's anything you see. And I said, okay, why are you closing down your business? And he said, well, it's taken me 86 years to learn the secret to life. And I said, which is what? And he said, which is being present, being in God's will, slowing down and really living life. And I just kind of chuckled to myself because that's what I've learned over the last year. And I told him, I said, well, I'm 33. And over the last year, I've learned this as well. So I'm really excited that I have 50 years to live this way before I get to your age. And he said, I can't imagine if I would have had 50 more years to live like this. I have maybe 10 if I'm lucky. And if I die when I'm 96, I have 10 years to fully live my life. And at that moment, I just kind of thought like, you know, amazing that he learned this at 86. And it's so great that he did, but also how sad that he lived 86 years of his life not focusing on what life really means. And I was really grateful that I learned this at age 33 and I didn't learn it perfectly and I don't do it perfect. And, you know, I struggle a ton and I, it's so hard for me, but to learn something at 33, I just thought, I wish everyone could learn this at a young age and not have to wait until they're 10 years from their death or they are dying before they realize this. And he went on to tell me uh, the man was so brilliant. He was a professor for something. He knew everything about theology and the original Greek and Hebrew and all the meanings of the words. And he was just so cultured and had so much wisdom. And we stood there for 45 minutes to an hour. I was just listening to him and just soaking up everything he was saying. And I knew the reason why I was soaking up everything he said is because I am intentionally looking for breadcrumbs. I'm intentionally looking for where God is leading me next. Okay, God, you brought me to this wedding. I'm here. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want to speak to me about? And walking into his store and him starting to talk about life, I knew that this was a breadcrumb and I knew. And he stopped mid sentence and said, you know what? I have a book for you. And he turns around to his huge bookshelf and he pulls the book out and he hands it to me. And he said, here, it's yours. Take it. I want to give this to you for, for whatever reason, God told me to give this to you. And the book is called, um, this, the secret to the second half of life or something about the second half of life. And I've seen this book before actually. And I knew in that moment, because I always tell everyone that God really leaves breadcrumbs in the forms of books and podcasts. And you will be surprised if you have someone that tells you, hey, you should read this book and you feel in your soul like, yes, I need to read this book. That could totally be a breadcrumb from God that he is leading you to the next piece of information that you need. You also need to trust your intuition of where you're gonna go. If you're praying for breadcrumbs, I, for whatever reason, felt like I needed to return back to that restaurant. And we even went back and forth. My husband's like, I don't know what else I would get. Let's look at the menu. We got there. The line was really long. I'm like, I'm not waiting. He's like, well, let's just go in and talk to him. Maybe we'll see, you know, who knows the line. Like it was, we almost didn't go so many times and we were even waiting outside. And he said, why don't we go inside and get a coffee to go? 
And when we went inside to get a coffee to go is when I saw all these antique shops and decided to walk through there. Like lots of things happened that God was like, oh, she's still not going to talk to that guy. Like, okay, like what can we do? Like, how can we lure her back there? And I just felt this intuitive feeling like I have to go back to this place. And so there's a lot of times where you feel like I need to drive down this road or I need to stop at this coffee shop or I need to call this friend or I need to turn on the radio or listen to this book. Like there is a reason why you're doing that. Just let your soul, especially, I mean, really only if you've received the Holy Spirit, because that's what's leading you. That's what's guiding you. Um, and he said something to me, and this is how I'm tying this into forgiveness because he was talking about living with God and in his will all day. And he said, you know, the kingdom is not up in heaven. It's here on earth with us all day, every day. And you constantly have a chance to renew your salvation by treating people as Jesus did and focusing on relationships and being present in your life. And he said, just like not being able to forgive someone, he said, what happens is you hold on to this and you're so resentful and you're so spiteful and you're so mad that you're missing everything that's happening around you. You're in a bad mood. You're irritated. You're annoyed. You're stressed out. You're worried. You're fearful. All of that is causing you to isolate. Like we talked about in the first call to isolate, to pull back, to not be open, to not walk in God's calling and God's will. And that's what we're called to do. He said, every moment you have a constant chance to renew your salvation and to show up for God and to be present. And I love how he talked about that because we sometimes feel like, oh, I shoot, I messed up. Like I, I was in a really bad mood yesterday, or maybe you, you partied this weekend and you woke up today. You're like, dang it. Why did I do that? Why did I drink? Why did I party? Why did that's not me? I wish I wouldn't have done that. And you just, you kind of dwell on the, the decisions you're making, the mistakes, the sin, the things that you're struggling in, but you have a constant chance to renew that. And he said, you know, when you sit down, you have a chance to renew your salvation by interacting with the waitress, by being respectful to her, by being present to her, by asking her how she's doing, by being kind, spreading love. If she's doing a great job, tell her. You have a chance when you're driving down the road and the cars are cutting you off or you're running late in traffic to make the conscious decision of, I'm not going to be stressed about this. I'm not going to be mad and have road rage. I'm not going to get mad that the car in front of me is driving slow in the fast lane. Like you constantly have a chance to choose God and to choose salvation. And we have this constant chance with forgiveness, but we hold on to this forgiveness and it's, it's just the devil's plan. Because if we hold on to this, we become bitter and resentful. And then Richard went on to even talk about something that Florence Scovel Shin talks about, where he says that people that are bitter and resentful, they have a high amount of acidity in their body. It leads to stomach ulcers. It leads to cancer. It leads to high blood pressure. He said, if you go and talk to a Greek doctor, the Greek doctor won't ask you okay, you know, let's do blood work. The Greek doctor is going to ask you, how is your relationship with the gods? And obviously we know one God, how is your relationship with God? How is the relationship with yourself? How is your health? What are you doing? What are you thinking about? What kind of fears and resentments and bitterness is holding on to you because it's causing you from living a life of purpose and happiness and he talked a ton about marriage. His wife passed away two years ago. 
and he, we talked about marriage and, and our marriage ministry with my husband and I at our church. And we, he gave me another book recommendation and was talking all about how forgiveness is one-sided. You don't need the other person to cooperate when you're offering forgiveness. They don't even need to know about the forgiveness because it goes from forgiveness to reconciliation. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. You do not need both people on both sides saying, okay, we agree on this. Forgiving is letting something go. And I'm going to talk about what forgiveness is not, but there's two things that we need to talk about on this episode that are going to help you to fully let this go because you have to let go of this stuff in order to be able to step into your calling. And that is the entire purpose here is I want you to wake up for real and see your calling on your life. See the purpose that God has for you. See why he created you. See why you've gone through certain pains that he has turned into your purpose, into your passions. If you don't ever wake up to your calling, you're never going to walk in your calling. You're never going to feel equipped because you're not walking in the calling and you're never going to feel good. You're not going to make the impact that you want. You're not going to feel fulfilled and happy because you're constantly going to be chasing the feeling of fulfillment and happiness in the words view, in the world, in the world's view. And the world says that happiness and fulfillment come from stuff. And they come from being happy with money and cars and houses and influence. And that's not what fulfills us. The only thing that will truly fulfill you if you're on this mission to fulfillment and you're like, I just want to feel fulfilled. I just want to wake up in the morning and feel like my life matters. Like it's a purpose that I'm here and I'm giving to others and I'm happy and I'm thriving and I'm excited That is all I wanted. And I tried everything to feel that. And there were a lot of things that I did that made me feel that temporarily, but nothing really satisfied me like Jesus. And the saying goes, nothing will satisfy you like Jesus, because the only thing that's going to satisfy you is walking in his calling and being the person who he made you to be. So the two things that you need to fully let go of, the first one is letting God get the justice. So a lot of times we hold on to this lack of forgiveness where I'm not forgiving that person for what they did to me. Maybe someone cheated on you in a relationship. They abused you. You, uh, something happened in your past. You, you just can't let go of it. You have to let go because it's not up to us to get the justice. It's up to God to get the justice and think about where we all have come from. No, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no difference from us falling short of the glory of God and sinning and this person falling short of the glory of God and sinning. Whether whatever they did to you was awful and terrible and what you did wasn't that bad, in the Bible, sin is sin. He says that if a man even looks at a woman with lust, she, he might as well have committed adultery. It's the exact same thing. You are an adulterer from looking and committing adultery through lustful thoughts. It's the same thing. He says, if you hate your neighbor, you might as well have murdered him. It's the exact same in God's eyes. So we deserve the wrath and we are sinners. And 
God says we were once a child of wrath. So that's why God shows us kindness, mercy, and love through Christ. And it's not just for us, it's for everyone. And this man told me that um, this, this other man named Ellie, who was a prisoner in Auschwitz at a concentration camp, and he survived and he was in Israel and they wanted him to give a speech. And he said, when he started the speech, he said, our father, God of the entire universe loves and cares for Hitler just as much as he does all of us that he imprisoned and wronged. And if you don't believe that, then you don't believe in my God. And he got a lot of flack from that. I mean, people in Israel were outraged. Like, what do you mean? Why would you even say this? But he is a child of God, just like everyone else is. So for me, what's really, what's really helped me is realizing that everybody is born as a child of God. Everyone has all of this potential and all of this purpose and this plan for their life. And it immediately becomes a spiritual battle against God and the devil. And the devil is immediately trying to sabotage and ruin it. And a lot of times he does. And a lot of times he wins. And so we know that the devil doesn't win in the end, hallelujah, that he is defeated. But we have to really think that this is just a spiritual battle. And it is God's desire that nobody perishes, but that all repent and receive forgiveness through Christ. And I love Ephesians 2, 3. It says, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And God talks about justice will be served either by Christ's sacrifice on the cross or by God's wrath for those who reject Christ. So a punishment that satisfies a holy God will satisfy you. I mean, he promises to get justice for this. And in Matthew 6, 14, he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins because all have sinned and fall short of God. So if you cannot forgive other people of their sins and what they did, no matter how hard it is, why would you expect God to forgive you? And also it's a form of idolatry. This is something that I've really held onto for so long of feeling like I can't forgive you. Like, who am I? Like, I am more holy than God. I, I matter more like God can forgive you, but not me. You really did me wrong. I mean, don't you think that God would think that he's like, I sent my son to be tortured and hung, exposed on a cross and humiliated. And I sacrificed my son on this earth for these people's sins. It's, it's totally like a mockery. And again, when we focus on ourselves and what the sin did to us, um, like I, I was raped when I was maybe 19, 18 and holding on to that sin of like, how can that person do that to me? How can that, how could that guy 
do that, put that in my drink and, and leave me. And, and how, like, who, who could even do that? Like that feeling, but it's, it's not him. It's a spiritual battle. It's God can forgive this person if they repent and turn back to the cross. So for me, if I'm thinking of how can he do that to me and I was left and I was alone and, and I was taken advantage of and, and I, 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 it's, it's not about I, it's not about me. And if I can just keep holding on to that, the devil's going to use that resentment and that bitterness in me to fuel this and to keep this anger and this, this feeling that's literally around your heart. When you think of someone who wronged you someone who cheated on you, someone who left you, abandoned you, used you, abused you, whatever you realize that this person did to you, they lied to you, they manipulated you. The feeling you get around your heart and your chest, this tightness of like, oh, like you're ready to fight. Like you could just, you get so mad. The feeling is poison. It's toxicity inside of you. It's the opposite of love. It's not love as you have been instructed to love. And this is hard stuff. This is why we're talking about it. This is hard. This isn't something easy. You can't just forgive your parents for abusing you and neglecting you and causing you all of these problems in your life because of them and how they raised you and how toxic they were or the relationship that you were in. And now I struggle with this because of that. It's, this is hard stuff, but this is real stuff. And if you truly want to walk in the calling God has for your life, you have to move forward in this. You have to keep moving forward and just keep doing it. Um, you know, so don't, I have a couple questions that I was thinking of this morning. Like, don't you want to be forgiven and have another chance? Aren't you in a spiritual battle every single day? Isn't the devil after you and your purpose? And were you born for a purpose? You're no different than any other person in this entire world. Everyone is in a spiritual battle. Everyone is struggling with the devil being after them. Everyone was born for a purpose. Everyone wants to be forgiven and have another chance. And the Bible is filled with scriptures that talk about God getting the revenge. Revenge that you could not even imagine getting. The revenge that you want for someone is nothing compared to the wrath of God on people that will not turn to him and continue to do evil. So Paul says in Romans, he was writing a letter. He says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer evil, but conquer evil by doing good. We are called to show God's love because we treat people different, because the people who wronged us, we're now feeding them and giving them something to drink. This is the best way to show God's love, to show I forgive you because of God. And this is what gives God the glory where someone's like, how could, how could you forgive me? How could you do this? Like when I committed adultery before I got married and my husband said to me, 
I forgive you. I forgive you. We will move through this. I forgive you. There is nothing that showed the grace of God in the love of God more than my husband. Obviously he was very mad in the beginning. I mean, that wasn't his first response, but after a couple of days, he's like, you know what? We're going to get through this. This is okay. This is, this is okay. I'm, I'm not going to let this take us down. And to me, like that was the most honorable, amazing thing. And he showed me so much love. And because he did that to me, I have been able to forgive so many things that people have done wrong to me because I saw that act in there. So here's some things that forgiveness is not okay. Because a lot of times we're like, okay, hold on a second. Like, I don't think I can forgive this person. So there's six things that forgiveness is not forgiveness is not excusing the sin. Okay. God hates sin and demands justice. He takes it so serious that he died for it. Okay. So it's not excusing the sin. It's not saying, oh, okay, well, whatever. It's fine. It's not fine, but we're going to choose to forgive. It's also not freeing the guilty of demand for justice. So all must be paid for. Forgiveness just transfers your demands for justice to God. And you're telling him, and when I'm giving this to you, I'm allowing you to, it's not like he even needs our permission, but we're saying, I'm allowing you to execute, execute this in your time and in your way. You are able to execute it in whatever way you want. And that's in Hebrews 10 in the Bible. If you want to look into that a little bit more, they talk about that in Hebrews. It's also not denying your hurt or stuffing away your anger. You should be hurt and angry. It's sin. God is hurt and angry by sin. You should be. Christ suffered greatly for the wages of sin. And his wrath was poured out on Christ at the cross. Like, like think about that. Like, his son was on the cross sitting there. And his wrath for sin was there at the same time. There is no reason why you need to say, okay, I forgive this person, but I'm no longer angry. You can be angry. You still can be mad, but you're choosing to forget the person. Um, so it's not forgetting because you actually need to remember in order to forgive. But remember to give it to God and let justice be served through him. So a lot of people, and I, I even heard someone say last week, um, they're like, my pastor says that, you know, I, ca I can't forgive. Um, I just need to forget. And I was like, you, you can't forget, you know, forgive and forget. Like it's a saying that's like, you know, forgive and forget. It goes the same way. You don't have to forget. And it also doesn't mean number five is that you're going to trust them again because forgetting the past doesn't mean someone is trustworthy in the future. Okay. They're two totally different things. Forgiveness is a gift and trust is earned and it's earned by consistent, trustworthy behavior. It's not like, okay, I earned this. So like my husband was like, I forgive you. I don't trust you. I forgive you. And we're going to move forward. We're going to rebuild our trust, but I don't trust you right now. And over time, my consistent, trustworthy behavior earned his trust back. So just because you're saying, I forgive you doesn't mean that you're going to trust them. And that's okay. That's going to take some time. And like I said in the beginning, it's not reconciliation. Forgiveness is just the transfer of debts between you and God alone. This is like, like when I had to forgive my dad that I talked about in part one in episode 78, I had to forgive my dad for abandoning me 
and leaving me and causing all of this pain in my life and all of this sin struggle and sexual sins and approval and idolatry and all these things that I struggled with were because of him. But forgiveness was actually just me giving it to God and saying, you know what? I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to let this eat at me anymore. I'm going to find my identity through you. I'm going to be obedient to what you say to do. And then I didn't reconcile with my father until we both agreed and we, we forgave and we came together and we were willing and able to reconcile and move forward and to heal. That's a whole different thing. I'm not talking about reconciliation right now. I'm just talking about forgiveness, transferring it to God. Okay, so the first thing that you still need to work on is letting God get the justice and being totally confident that God is going to do this. The second thing is forgiving yourself. And this is a huge one because a lot of us can forgive other people. And this was me forever. I can forgive you. I forgave my dad. I forgave my husband for a bunch of stuff. I forgave all the people who have wronged me growing up, abused me, used me manipulated me in business and just all of this. Okay. I forgave everyone. I'm like, I, I forgive everyone moving on. Like everyone's a child of God and I get it. They're struggling. They're doing things because of sin, because of generational sin, because of their own trauma, because of their own neglect, because of their own spiritual battle. Like it's okay. I forgive you. But then it came to myself. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I can forgive you guys. I can't forgive me. Like, this is a whole other story. Forgiving myself. And I'm actually going to talk about some reasons why you can't forgive yourself. And this is going to be a lot of clarity because it was for me when I realized this. Um, a lot of people in the world, so there's a limiting belief that tells you that you need to forgive yourself. And you can Google it. You can find all the documents and articles out there that say like how to forgive yourself and you should forgive yourself. But forgiving yourself is actually impossible. Forgiving yourself, the definition of it is self-release of personal guilt and shame caused by your own actions or sin. The concept is not biblical at all. And scripture says it is only God that can forgive us. In Mark 2, 7, it says, who can forgive sins but God alone? You cannot forgive your own sins. You cannot forgive yourself. So. When someone says, I can't forgive myself, really all it means is that we're mistakenly holding on to guilt and shame for sins that have already been paid for by Christ. Like, it's just another way that the devil is in your mind causing you to not move forward. And the scripture says that I will cast your sins as far as from the east as from the west, and I will never even remember them. God says he will forget them. That's how much he's casting them away. Once you come to God and say, Lord, forgive me. And you truly mean it in your heart. And you are, for, you are sorry and you are remorseful and you are surrendering and you are choosing to forgive and you are reconciling and you're moving forward. And Lord, forgive me for that, that I did. Forgive me for stealing, for lying, for cheating, for abusing, for having anger, for all of these things, when you truly are coming to the cross and you are asking Jesus for forgiveness, please, Lord, forgive me, forgive me for how I was. And you truly mean it in your heart. You are forgiven and he forgets about it. 
So in two weeks, if it's brought back up, it's not God who's bringing it back up. Scripture says he forgot it. So that's how you can know if something is from the devil is does it line up with scripture? That doesn't line up with scripture. God's not bringing it back in your mind because he wants you to remember. And also a big lie that I had in my mind for so long from the enemy is that God cannot use me if I'm still sinning. If I'm still falling short of the glory of God, God can't use me to change the world like he wants to. And although that can be kind of true in a way where he wants us to get better, he wants us to turn to him. He wants us to be in closer relationship with him so that we don't fall short and we don't sin as often. And we are holier than we are because we're operating in the Holy Spirit. He wants all of that, but it's, it's, it's a lie. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. If he expected us to be perfect, he wouldn't have sent his son to the cross for us. So he can still use you even if you are sinning, even if you are struggling. I mean, read your Bible and you will see that God used a lot of sinners to change the world. Sinners of people who committed adultery, sinners of people who were thieves, sinners who were people who murdered other people. A lot of them God used. So don't think that he can't use you because you sinned, but also recognize if you keep having this brought back up, this is the devil. Remember, God wants you to be present. Being present is what is happening right now around me. God wants you fully listening to this podcast. He wants you fully engaged in the conversation with your husband later. He wants you fully listening to your Bible app that's reading to you and being focused in that moment. If you're thinking in the future, like with worry and fear and doubt and shame and stress in your to-do list and all the things you have to do, or you're in the, in, you're in the past, you're, it's from the devil. You're in the wrong place. You need to be present. So here's where some of the struggles may be rooted. There's four of these, and this might, this, this will help you not might help you. So the first one is you might not be able to forgive yourself because of pride. Now, I didn't know that I was struggling with pride until I joined a recovery group this year. And I realized about three months in that I have a lot of pride. And since I've learned and I've been praying and I've been focused on it, I have been able to become way less prideful and more humble. But pride always whispers, I cannot believe I would stoop so low. I am above that sin. I would never, I can't believe I cheated. I can't believe I did that. So the reason why you can't forgive yourself is because of pride saying, I, I can't even believe that that happened. Like, I don't do that, but you do because pride struggles to accept God's charity. It wants to earn back God's grace. A prideful person wants to think, you know, well of or lift up their own human nature. Like, I'm better than that. I'm not a cheater. I can't believe I did that. I'm not an abuser. I'm not a liar. I'm going to show God that I can do this and I can earn back his grace and his love. You're never going to be able to earn it back. There is no amount of works. That's why it's been freely given. It wasn't free. It was purchased on the cross and it was given to you because nobody can boast about, oh, look at me. I did it. I earned back his grace. I earned his spot. You didn't. 
Your sinful nature is sinful. You need to realize that it is pride to just think, I, I, me, I did that. Yeah, you did that because you're a sinner because we all are sinners. So get off your high horse and realize we're all the same. And it's hard when you have been raised around people who are putting on that message, like we're better than this. We don't do things like that. We don't stoop to that level. And it can be really hard based on how you were raised. The other thing that it could be rooted in is God's word may not be your authority that you live by. So you may believe someone else's claim more than God's declaration of forgiveness, like Satan's lies, like we talked about, or the accusations of someone that you offended, who's telling you, oh, you're a liar, you're you're a manipulator. You're, you know, they're saying these things to you or maybe your own thoughts and feelings. And that goes back to idolatry. And the definition of idolatry is this extreme admiration and love for someone or something where you're viewing them so highly. If God can forgive you and you're thinking, okay, well, God can forgive me of this sin, but I can't forgive me. You're basically saying, okay, good for you, God, that you can forgive me, but that doesn't matter. My opinion is more than your opinion is. And it's not. It's not. You, you do not have to make sense of scripture and what God says his word is true. It is true. He says you are forgiven. So is it the devil in your head? Is it someone else that's in your head? Is it yourself? in your head with your thoughts and feelings because, and it goes back to pride because you don't think that you could do that or you're not that type of person. The third reason is low self-worth or misplaced identity. So when thoughts come in, like I don't deserve forgiveness or I'm not worthy of forgiveness, you know, those, those lead someone to feel guilt and shame instead of gratitude to Christ. So here we are seeking value and identity apart from Jesus. God claimed our lives already. And he said that we are valuable through Jesus in his blood. His ransom, not our own worth or our own merit, defines our true identity and value. And if you struggle with your identity and you don't know who you are in Christ because you are not your own. So the way that you think you are and the way you think your identity is, is not your true identity. It's what God says you are. And if you don't know what your identity is, let me say it this way. If you haven't done a study, a Bible study to study the Bible and learn your true identity, then you don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. Because until you study the Bible and learn what he says about you, there is no way for you to know because you don't know. You can't know what you don't know. You don't know it. So my favorite study to do is called Defined. It's by Priscilla Shire. If you click the link in my Instagram at Taryn Sarconi and you go all the way to the bottom, there's a resources section and her study is linked in there. Make sure you get the D, the, I almost said DVD, like we're from 1994. Get the digital download and the book together in the combo because it's a video you watch and then it's a book that you do. And you can even do this with other women around you. Do it with your children. Do it with your mom, with your aunts, with a sister. It is the best study I have ever done in my entire life. And it's what every single woman needs to do this study to learn 
her true identity. So if you are struggling with forgiveness of yourself and you don't really know your identity, then you need to do this study and it's going to help you do this. There was a breadcrumb for you. Okay, the fourth reason, you may not be saved. You have not truly believed and received Christ's sacrifice as the only payment that satisfies the total cost of sin. You might think you're saved. I thought I was saved for a really long time. I declared that Jesus was Lord and that I was going to surrender my life. I was baptized in 11th grade. And I believed that. I believed he died for me. I believed that he was God. But I didn't accept that he was my Lord. And I did not surrender my own life and my own fleshly desires and my own plans. I didn't do any of that. I was like, okay, you're God. I get that. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to pray to you when I need you, but like, I got it from here. Okay. Like I got this and I'm going to keep going. And then I just tried to deal with it all on my own. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't do devotionals. I didn't really pray. I, and this is why we're going to do a whole series on prayer coming up because I just keep telling everyone the importance of prayer. And as I've opened up my schedule to do these free 30 minute clarity calls with anyone who wants to talk to me, every single person, my answer to them is you need to pray and you need to pray for this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to pray. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to pray for those things. I never even thought to pray for those things. And if you didn't have a mom or a grandma or a dad or a direct person in your life growing up, praying out loud and praying over you and teaching you how to pray, you don't know how to pray. You don't even know the words to say. And I'm telling you right now, you're making a way bigger deal of it than it needs to be. And that's why I really want to teach you how to pray because it is the best weapon we have against anything. Talking to your father, communicating to your father what your needs are. So I wasn't actually saved until 2020 in August of 20, August 26, 2020 where I was broken down in my bathroom, crying, begging, pleading with God to please save me, take this life. I can't do this anymore. I'm surrendering. I'm giving it all to you. I no longer am going to do this my own way. I'm no longer going to try in my own strength. I'm no longer going to be out on my own. I'm no longer going to do it. And that is when I heard God's voice tell me that I'm not alone and I am here and I am chosen and I'm anointed and I am created on purpose. And that is when my anxiety went away because I realized that I was anxious because I was living apart from God. And when I put my face in the Bible and I focused on the words, my anxiety would go away. And that is when I became saved. You might think you're saved, but have you actually surrendered your life to God? Are you still trying to do things your own way? Are you praying and asking God, this is a hard prayer to pray. And, and Richard told me he prays this. And I said, I pray this all the time. He said, I pray all the time for God to eliminate anything in my life that is keeping me from relationship with him. Get rid of anything in my life that is causing me to grow apart from you, that is causing me to be wedged away from you. You have my full permission to eliminate it from my life. That is a hard prayer to pray. That is hard because what if it's the relationship you're in? What if it's the job you're at? 
What if it's the family that you live with? There's a lot of it. And when you give God complete control, he doesn't need control. He can take control. He doesn't need your permission to say, okay, God, you can change my life. He can do it. But the thing with God is that he's all about love and it's not true love if you're forcing someone. So like I always tell my husband, I'm like, I want you to want to take me out on a date. Like I want you to want to plan and surprise me and take me out on a date. He's like, why don't you just plan the date and tell me and then we'll go. I'm like, it's not the same. Like I want you to want to do it. It's not about the date. It's I want you to be like, I want to get her away. I want to plan this thing. I want to be romantic. It's not about the date. So it's not about the thing that's going to be accomplished. It's about true love. You telling God, I love you. And I believe that you want what's best for me. And I'm going to allow you to do that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to live my life according to your scripture. If the scripture says it, you better do it. The scripture says, forgive. We talked about that. The beginning of this, and we read that. You know, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. It, it, it literally says that. It says to forgive. So if you're not forgiving, you're not being obedient. Okay, so he's telling you to do something, so do it. And this is the last thing I want to say. Okay, so you can't just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to forgive. The Bible says it. Okay, I believe it. I forgive. You can't do this on your own. Most of the things that are in here, you can't do it on your own. If you're sinning right now and you know you need to stop, like if you have a drinking problem and you know you need to stop drinking, you don't want to. You don't want to. If you're having an affair right now, you don't want to stop. If you are treating your body poorly, you're sinning against your own body by overeating, eating like crap, eating processed foods, eating late at night, eating sugar all the time. You don't want to stop. I mean, we don't want to stop doing the things that aren't good for us because it's our flesh. It's our human nature to be like this. You cannot change on your own. So what I want you to do is I want you to ask him to help you. So if you have received the Holy Spirit, if you're not saved, then you need to get on your knees and you need to have a serious conversation with God after this call and surrender your life. And all that looks like is, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I am giving you this entire life. I don't want it anymore. I can't manage it on my own. I can't do it on my own. I didn't create myself. And you can close your eyes right now as I'm saying this and believe these words. Like, this isn't my life to live. I know that I'm a child of God. I know that I'm put here for a purpose. I am sick and tired of trying to do this on my own. I trust you. I know that you sent your son on the cross to die for my sins. I know that I'm a child of God. I am believing this. I am surrendering my life to you now. I give you full permission to do anything you need to in my life to bring me closer to you. Lead me, guide me. I will be faithful. I will read your word. I will talk to you daily. I give my life to you. 
And you will watch that your life will start to transform so much. So much. So forgiving yourself will never give you freedom from guilt and shame because you receive the freedom from guilt and shame when you trust that Christ claims upon your soul and your identity are true. He claims these things over you and says, this is who you are. When you believe that, that's when you let go of guilt and shame. And you realize we're all sinners. And I'm so glad that's not me anymore. I'm so glad that that person is dead and gone. And I am a new creation in Christ because that's what the word says. The old me has died and the new me is here. The Holy Spirit is restoring a newness in you. You are a new creation in Christ. You are not who you used to be. That is not who you are. You are brand new. You are made whole. You are made alive again through Christ who sets you free. You are not a prisoner anymore of sin. You're not a slave to sin. So you have to ask him to help you. Um, and the last thing that I just want to say is that he uses the pain. God will use the pain that Satan tried to ruin you. Okay, he's going to. He's going to use that. He's going to turn it to goodness and he's going to use it to rescue a lost world. Mission accomplished. I mean, that's what he wants to do. We are all sons and daughters of wrath. We all have sinned. We all have these fleshly desires. We all are the exact same. So when we turn our lives over and we forgive, it allows us to let go of this bitterness and the resentment. It allows us to get our identity from Christ, to be filled up by him, to turn to him, to then walk with him, to go to the path that he wants you to live, to walk into your calling and to use your story in your pain for purpose. He took the fact that I committed adultery and now has turned it so that I can be relatable and I can help rescue the lost world and let them know, turn from your sin, stop doing that. Repent, confess, forgive, move forward. That is what he wants. He wants to save the world. He is on a rescue mission to rescue as many of us as he can. Yes, Tina, you're absolutely right. Pain is beautiful when you learn from it and you can grow from it. That's what it is. And remember, tension over time equals growth. And tension is painful. So use your pain and your past sins and your experiences to move forward and to help God on this rescue mission. Because if you truly want to be on mission for him, then this is what you have to do. You have to forgive. Forgive yourself. You are not who you used to be. Move on. Because God wants you to move on, move further down the path, because he has a plan for you. So we're going to learn how to pray. And then we're going to learn how to run towards what God has for us. Because a lot of us are starting to realize and are starting to wake up like, okay, I think God does have a calling on my life. I think there is something better here. I don't think I need to live in this valley. I think I can get out of this. You start to get out of the valley. You start to see, you start to wake up, but then you start slowing down. 
you start second guessing. You have imposter syndrome creep in. You start having comparison. You start looking back and forth. You start hesitating. You need to run to what God has for you. And there's a difference between worldly running and running in the word, going on a spiritual run. And we're going to be talking about praying. And then we're going to talk about spiritual running. And if you don't like to run physically, it's okay, because neither do I. So we're going to go on a spiritual run. And you're going to like it a lot more. So if you struggle with forgiveness, and you just really cannot let this go, and you need prayer, please reach out to me, DM me on Instagram, ask me to pray for you, and I will add you to my list. If you need help with what prayers to say around forgiveness, you can also message me. And I'm going to put them in my story today. Um, so you can check out my story on Instagram and it'll tell you a little bit about the prayers that you can pray for forgiveness. So if you have found this helpful, please share it with a friend. If you know someone who's struggling with forgiveness, please send them episode 78 and then this one 79, because this could be what's holding them back from what it is. And the very last thing I want to tell you, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave me a review. It helps us to reach more people, especially if you're someone who's on here a lot. It would really, really, really help us to leave an honest review about how you're feeling about the show. So thank you for being on here. I truly appreciate you so much. I could not do this by myself. I need you on. I need your energy. I need your focus. I need your words. I need your face, your encouragement, all the things. So thank you if you're one of our live listeners. I truly appreciate you. Uh, Love you. God bless you. And I hope that you have an amazing week. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.